good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition Chewing the Fat One. (laughs) Episode 24. 23. <laughs> Hopefully the audio what, what? <laughs> fixed that one up. It was a great start. It's probably the best thing you're going to say all day. Do you know what we're talking about? Insulin. And mm-hmm. each role. I don't know. We're going to go all through insulin, kind of what it is, what it does, why it's important. Will it hinder your fat loss? Is it something you need to concentrate on or not? Go. Probably not. <laughs> End of podcast. Thanks. Yeah. Don't forget to leave a review. Um, I think people get there, and rightly so, pay some attention to insulin because the issue that people have is they get insulin resistant. So their body needs more insulin to get the job done, and it's one of the stages of people becoming diabetic is people's insulin resistance increasing or insulin sensitivity decreasing I hope I've got that right way around <laughs> so let's break let's break it down so the role of insulin insulin not the hormone insulin 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 the hormone insulin you can play a drinking game every time I say insulin take a shot of water <laughs> syrup stay hydrated <laughs> um, when she when you eat any kind of carbohydrates so whether that's simple sugars or complex carbohydrates like sweet potato rice pasta etc you know Digestive system will break it down into its simplest form, which will be glucose, and then that passes into your bloodstream. Then a signal sent to your pancreas. Someone's been reading. What was that? A pancreas? <laughs> <laughs> Questioning myself. I hope um, no one of any authority listens to this. <laughs> if we're breaking it down, obviously we could go much more in depth, but this is going to be very <laughs> basics. Um, that there's the, your blood sugar. Shut up. Your blood, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Your blood sugar has been raised, and then your body will release. Um, the required amount of insulin to kind of round up that sugar that's in your blood and then it'll force it into cells. So usually kind of put it into your muscles so then you can use that for when you're kind of running, lifting, sprinting, whatever activities you do. Um, And then obviously your blood sugar drops down because it's pumped into your muscles. Yes, so the issue comes when people take in now there's a very there's a specific process behind this that is beyond me, but it's not fat gain isn't entirely to do with carbohydrates. It's to do with a positive calorie balance. So if you overdo fats, there is a process by which your body stores those calories as fat. So it doesn't mean that if you cut all your carbohydrates out, that you will lose body fat. Your calorie balance, your calorie what's the word? Input. Nah, like the total. Yeah, like whether you are in a surplus or a deficit is going to determine whether you burn fat or not. So don't let this kind of confuse things. But what it is going to teach us is the problem you have is people eat sugary foods and their bodies think that they are... The bodies don't deal with it very well. So they absorb 
the sugars faster. So someone who has got your glucose sensitive insulin secretion, GSIS, so you've got five mm-hmm. levels. Five is normal, then you go all the way down to one where your body stops producing any insulin, so type one diabetics or type two diabetics where they produce too much insulin, but the body is resistant to it. I'm hoping this is all correct. This, I believe it is. So when you are at level five, then your body produces the right amount of insulin. So the problem is, as you go down this, your body produces more and more and more because your cells are getting resistant. So the problem you then have is, if you're at the normal level, when you have sweet potato or sugar or whatever carbohydrate source you prefer, your body will release the right amount of insulin. So then it's pushed into the cells, whether that be muscle or fat. Whereas the more and more you have, the more circulating insulin you have, this is where you have more issues and people have problems with um, hunger regulation because your body will have like an apple and it'll release loads and loads of insulin. So you then, you know, the system isn't working properly and you need to teach it the right way, essentially. Yeah, so I think... The, <laughs> I hope. Yeah, the issues come down, like I say, so you imagine your muscles being like um, a massive hotel, so a huge hotel. So then if the blood... Oh, I'm going to go deep on this one. If the... Glucose in your blood are the kind of the guests, then insulin is going to go and it's going to put all those people into those rooms. Now, when those rooms are full and you can't store any more people in your muscles, I feel like I'm losing it a little bit. Already, I, felt, I felt like that talking Yeah, about in, it. in each of the rooms, then those, the, you know, these extra guests need to go somewhere. So then, obviously, your body's storing a fuel system, so it's that glycogen that's going to you know, help you lifting your weights, doing your runs, doing your spin class, whatever it is that you're doing. If those cells are full, then your body's going to go, right, I need to store this as energy for a later date, and that's when it's going to get converted into fat. So like Joe was saying, it's still going to come down to a calorie surplus, but if you... Sorry, Fenton's got a bit naughty. <laughs> if you... If, if your cells are full, and there's nowhere else to kind of store your glycogen, muscle-wise, then you're going to store it as fat. And this is why, you know, kind of people who have more muscle mass, more lean muscle mass, can eat more carbohydrates or deal better with carbohydrates. That's why, you know, kind of lifting weights and kind of almost draining your muscles of the glycogen is so important, so then you can store more. But like Joe was saying earlier, <coughs> if these cells are full and your blood sugar keeps on rising, then your body's going to go, I need to release more insulin because I need to round up all this glucose and put it somewhere. And that's kind of where the issues come when your body just gets kind of stressed out and is just non-stop producing insulin and you become resistant to it. So insulin is a very useful hormone and bodybuilders very will, anabolic. Will, take in, will, will take in exogenous, as in they will inject insulin because it could force carbohydrates into the muscle. No, I'm going to play with this pen. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing, there's, going to, you know, there's an awful lot of knowledge out there. And I think the reason that we sound slightly unsure of ourselves on it because A, it's quite complex stuff. And B, it's just not needed on like a day-to-day level of the people that we deal with. No. Or even, you know, for me and James, you've got really lean. It's just not that important. So the thing people will say is insulin resistance sounds bad. You'd be correct. How do you become more insulin sensitive? Well, I used to think that you had to take out all the carbs and your body had to learn to use them again. And then I remember reading something that was saying, actually, you don't need to do this. As long as you choose the right carbohydrate sources, your body will learn what, it, what to do. So as long as you put in your sweet potato, your fruits, your brown rice, things like that, then you will become more insulin sensitive. It doesn't mean you have to re- remove your carbohydrate sources. When you weight train, 
you know, you teach your body to become more sensitive to insulin because you will deplete the glycogen and your body will then better be able to absorb the carbs that you do have. So there's things where you can make, you can reduce people's scale of insulin resistance by making them do high intensity hurt or, you know, hit high intensity resistance training. So this is why we get people to do those certain things. And ultimately, it's hard, is it? Because it is going to help your insulin sensitivity. But that is not the reason that you, that people are overweight. No. You know, so it's it's stuff that, that we know about. You know, I'm, I'm drawing back, you know, the knowledge that, I've got there is from a Phil Learney course I did when I was a PT at Virgin Active, which is, you know, north of four, maybe even five years ago. So, you know, it's a long time ago and I just haven't needed that knowledge. What I've actually gained so much more from is the psychology side of things and looking at how to help. When do people struggle? Well, it's not because they're not sure how to make themselves insulin sensitive, it's because they don't know how to stop eating shit and they don't know what's wrong with their food at the moment. And it's trying to, you know, I say it endlessly to people because I deal with a lot of the, the people who do a week of coaching. And they say, you know, this, this week's been brilliant. I now know what I need to do. Like, you knew what to do before. You just weren't doing it. And you see it when people, especially clients, say, I already know what to do, but I just can't do it. It's like you're looking in completely the wrong place. You need to, you don't, you know, throw the idea of you need more knowledge away and just find how to apply it. Like, look at what you're doing wrong. And why are you doing that? And fix that. What are the simplest solutions to get you doing the right things? And people love the idea that their problem is, well, it's because of my, you know, I'm having too many carb servings a day or I'm making, I'm having my high glycemic carbs not around my workout. Like, that is not your problem. It's not going to be the number one, is it? That's oh, really it's probably not going like, to be your top ten, is it? Yeah, major is in the, in the minors. And it, it's totally understandable because you know, people will come up with these things like um, metabolic damage and, you know, insulin resistance and, you know, bad gut biome, you know, poor gut health as being the reasons that they're gaining weight. But all these things will still come down to eating at excess calories. That'll be the number one reason. So there's going to be some kind of specific behaviours, habits, choices that you make that have caused you to gain weight. And it's, you know, you might be insulin resistant, but it's probably not your key focus to think about right now. Yeah, it's like you just don't need to worry about the timings and, and everything else so much. <clears throat> you just need to eat consistently well. <clears throat> One of my clients said to me the other day, you know, there's a lot of women who are struggling with the menopause. It'd be really good if you could write a specific plan. And I said to her, you know, I don't know. The specific plan is to eat lean protein, yeah. lots of vegetables. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is yeah. I, could, I don't know a lot about this, but I would, <laughs> I don't know what the, the phrase is, something about bollocks to a barn dance or something but I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, bet, I'd, I'd bet my house that the the thing that you can control the most eat lean protein slow release carbs nutrient nutrient dense fat sources and fibrous veg that's the things you can control yeah there'll be supplements you can take and whatnot but if you don't adjust the quality of your nutrition and you just keep piling loads of crap food in that's going to be the root issue isn't it and it's we see it loads of it. I remember when we first started and someone being like, I just need to know the right macro split. Like, what? Do you even know how this shit works? <laughs> like, that's, that is not your issue. You, you haven't had 10% fat and your body's gone, well, you should have had 30%. So we're going to hold on to all these fat stores. It's just, you're just passing the buck. You're just saying, you know, I love a complex program. I love something where the reps change every week and the, I've got the volume and, you know, the the tempo and you can work out volume over a session over a week and everything else but the biggest issue I have is sticking to it and is making sure I hit five sessions a week 
and they actually all look like I want to be there yeah. rather than just kind of going through the motions. So it's intensity and consistency. Same with nutrition. Like you could do seven days a week half arsed, you could do one day a week using your whole arse. You need to do you need to do seven days a week using your whole arse and, and eating like you care. Because that's the issues that we see. And it's not to say that this stuff isn't interesting or isn't of use, but it's not what you need. It's just you know, it's just interesting to know some of the science behind it. I love that stuff. Yeah, you go down to like I say the the finer details and it's you know, balancing your insulin levels out is not necessarily gonna make you stop drinking two bottles of wine over a weekend or you know, reaching for chocolate cake when you get pissed off with Susan from HR because she's been a snidey bitch again. That cow. That fucking bitch. She doesn't know about my insulin resistance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, insulin is important. It's something that happens in everyone's bodies. You know, it's like you say, it's super powerful anabolic hormone. You know, it's going to help you shuttle you know, your proteins in, your glucose, loads of other minerals into your system but I can hand on heart say that this is not going to be the reason why you are gaining weight or have gained weight or are necessarily struggling to lose weight as an interesting aside there are Andy was saying the guy that owns the gym that we work from uses berberine and something else this is just I'm not suggesting anyone rush out and buy these things it's just because people find it interesting that can make you more insulin sensitive so again, there are things that can be used exogenously, but if you eating quite, well and lifting yeah, weights is going to be if you're the eat, one. eating Harry Bows and not training, like I am, uh-huh, <laughs> then that's probably going to be, you know, oh, I'm trying to think of it. It's when you see young lads trying to get shredded and they take fat burners or they take Clen or something like that, you just think that is the last two percent to your yeah. to your issue, and that's what things like Burberry are going to be. It's going to give you a bit of a a helping hand but if you really want to improve your insulin re- resistance sensitivity sensitivity that's the one it's like what's the opposite to resistance <laughs> no resistance then start lifting some weights look to build some muscle so you've got a bigger storage unit uh, and eat sensibly don't eat like a seven year old at a you know kid's party I see it a lot in you know we've got a few minutes to kill here so I'll throw some random about five minutes yeah here we go easy Give me, give me a challenge, James. <laughs> and a lot of people in the Slimming World groups that I like to watch, um, sounds a bit voyeuristic, but never mind, you know what I mean? And they say things like, has, you know, I've started walking, and this is, you know, I'm not even saying this to be a pain or trying to be funny. I've started walking the dog more and it slowed my weight losses. Like, is this normal? And then people will say, a lot of people in my group experience this. Now, when you first start to use muscles a bit more, they will hold more glycogen. Whether a dog walk is going to facilitate that, I'm pretty dubious. If you look at the statistics from Lyle McDonald, who's kind of one of the the main guys on this, when a woman first starts weight training, she can add a pound of muscle a month. Now, that is not a lot. So your fat loss goals should far outstrip that. If you've done it for a year, it goes down to half a pound, then a quarter of a pound a month, and then you're looking at as good as nothing. You know, your genetics will determine nearly all of this. And muscle gain will not offset your uh, your fat loss adjustments. I did have a reason for saying this, but I feel like that's just a semi-useful question anyway. <laughs> um, people get so caught up in the idea of, of muscle gain and... Oh, I have lost it. Anyway, 
weight gain. Yeah, and weight gain, and it's just not the case. You know, you just need to stick to the basics. Oh, that was it. If you want to lose weight, getting strong, I was thinking about this, I was walking through Morrison's last night, you have to get strong or extremely fit. As a guy who runs uh, some distance running here, and he's, you know, six foot two and lean as a bean, and he's on like 6,000 calories, because he can run so far and so fast for so long. He's just a machine that uses so much energy. If you are a middle-aged woman who has never done any real challenging exercises, you haven't got stronger, you haven't got fitter. I feel like you're talking to me. Your ability to burn calories. Nah, you've got a fair bit of muscle on you. Look at your calves. You do not have the capability to burn a lot of muscle. So you see these women in the Slimming World groups who are 18 stone, and that's, that is a, a nine stone woman with nine stone of, of fat on her or 10 stone room, 8 stone fat, whatever you want to say, you know, I don't care. So the problem you've got is you haven't got a machine that can burn much energy because she's not very strong, she's not very fit. So when it comes to how much energy she's actually putting out in a session, it's not very much. You know, if you put an extra three stone on my back, I'm not going to burn very many calories in a session because I'm going to be so damn tired. Yeah, you've got to think like muscles, active tissue, so it requires energy to keep it. And this is another reason when, you know, people stop training and then they, they lose their muscle. It's because your body is just like, right, just use it or lose it. And if it's not serving a purpose, this muscle, then your body's going to get rid of it. Shut up. Simple as that. But then if your you know, body fat is just like a huge clock that you wear, it just sits there and just slows you down. It's not, it, well, it's stored energy, isn't it? It's not, it's not costing your body anything. You just don't lose strength like people think either. Like no. I could not train for a couple of months and you give me a week or two and I'll be back pretty close to where I was like, and never lose much. Now, some of that's going to be genetic, but you know, that's something that I've worked at for the past 14 years. And I think that people are so caught up in the idea of, of holding water or, and <coughs> avoiding muscle mass and stuff. But it is just the one thing that would make the world a difference for a lot of people to be able to do. Because if they could squat a bit more, row a bit more, press a bit more, their bodies just become this furnace for burning energy. And at the moment, it's just not. And I think people get so lost in these minute details or you know that this pound here and there, they completely miss that. Man, if anyone's still listening to that, I feel like that's just absolutely come out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Any more to add? Oh, what's up, Fenton? Sniffles? I was going to talk a bit about the blood sugar monitor. Yeah, go for it. So I've got a blood sugar monitor so I can see what my resting blood sugar is how was it looking yesterday after I, you had donuts <clears throat> I don't know I didn't, funnily enough I didn't do it then it couldn't pick it up it thought, it thought, it thought, it thought I was a bottle of Ribena it thought, it thought you'd pricked the donut <laughs> so um, raspberry jam on monitor <laughs> oh wait I mean, I, mean, I need, need some more pinpricks so what I do is I prick my finger and I put my you know a spot of blood into the, the monitor and it tells me what my resting blood sugar is. So anything what over... What do you do? Is it, you do this first thing, though. Do it in the morning, yeah, yeah, so it's fasted. And then anything over seven, is that right? Anonymous guest, yeah. Anything over seven is a sign of being pre-diabetic, which means that there's a lot of carbs knocking around in my bloodstreams. They're not going into my muscles. So then I know I'm eating too much. And that's because your muscles are full. Yes, so my muscles are full. So any extra carbs that I now eat they are going to go into my bloodstream, my body's going to go, nope, we don't need these, let's pack a few more pounds onto fat. Yeah, store it for a later date, and the best way of storing fat, or long-term fat, is your fat batteries. <laughs> Factories. So, it means that if my blood sugar's lower, then I can eat a bit more. 
if I'm looking to add weight or add muscle and not fat. So you can use these things to assess and people say things like, I'm going keto or I think I'm in ketosis. You know, you can get keto strips to test these things or my blood sugar was low. Like, hmm, it might not be. This might just be your perception of it. You know, people go into a bit of a panic sometimes when they get a bit hungry. And it's just an interesting tool to have. Again, it's not something that I've ever recommended to anyone do. But for the sake of 20 quid, and it was something I was moderately interested in. Mm. You are quite sciencey, though, aren't you? Yeah, super geeky with stuff like that, yeah. Quite geeky. <coughs> I did think of something else to say then, but I think I've forgotten it again. Just start talking like I did, and it might come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, yeah, with the pre, pre-diabetes, like Joe said, it's just when there's so much kind of sugar going into your system that your system can't cope with it because there's not enough going out. Fenton is leaping up at me like a madman. He's after his cushion, he's started pulling and filling out. Um, and that's all it is. It's just your blood sugars are just so high that your kind of insulin just goes kaput. Kaputs! Mm. Can't cope with it. And obviously, that is something that we really, really want to avoid. And adding some lean muscle mass, dropping some body fat, eating a more well rounded diet, you know, of guess what, Joe? Protein stop, stop and vegetables. I didn't give me a chance. They're going to help. Protein and vegetables. They're <laughs> going to help level out your blood sugars. You know, this is a, one of the things that, you know, Sustain is kind of founded on is just managing your blood sugars because when you do that, your cravings, hunger, everything else gets handled and you get to still eat a lot of food. Mm. Shout out to Anthony Barnes as well, who uh, I had a chat with him the other week. To whilst, Tony! Whilst polishing off uh, full English breakfast. <laughs> I ordered the wrong one actually. The app threw me, and I ended up getting it with chips, which I didn't really want to eat. Where did you go? Weather's Yeah, it was Weather's <laughs> Obviously. Legend. Uh, and he was saying he'd read a book. Did you have a pint? Uh, no, I didn't actually. It's been good. Loser. No, I had a, had a double whiskey instead. And he was saying that a book he'd read on sleep was saying about after two nights of reduced sleep is that your blood sugar management becomes similar to a type 2 diabetic. Yeah, it's real rough. So you see this a lot when people go, I was so tired. You know, and I just had so-and-so for energy. And I was speaking to a client today and she said, you know, I had some sugar for some energy. If you're really struggling then, and you're looking for fat loss, then low sugar energy drinks will give you some immediate energy. And if you need some longer term energy, then you're going to have to A, suck it up a bit because you've had two nights of crap sleep. And B, have some slow release carbs because the fast release carbs are only going to make that, uh, make this shit worse. Yeah, and that's why you're kind of looking at your sleep routine and stuff like that or getting quality sweep, sweep? quality sleep of a quantity so we do have people who work shifts you know people who have young children so you're not always going to be able to get you know eight or nine hours sleep so make sure whatever sleep you get is the best quality possible oh man i didn't tell you this so one thing i did ages ago was i used to sleep with a scarf wrapped around my eyes because if you have a darker room supposedly it's meant to give you a better quality deeper sleep and i've got some blackout curtains but they don't work too well so I put a scarf on my eyes, and I kid you not, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning, wide awake. I felt brilliant. I've done it a couple of nights in a row now. It makes such a difference that you can wake up and feel refreshed rather than waking up and feeling like shit and having to drag yourself out of bed. Feeling like you've been kidnapped. Just makes such, honestly, for such a simple thing, and the number of people that complain to us about having shit sleep and have never done one thing to try it, you know, this is something you could literally do tonight. Wrap something around your eyes, get your bondage kit out, break yeah. it out. Just uh, get some handcuffs. <laughs> Make a real night of it. <laughs> Put your gag in. I am absolutely shagged. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I think that'll do it. So thank you very much for listening. If you got through that, very impressive. Well, especially if you worked that middle bit with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just call that out. 
Um, don't forget to like and subscribe, leave a review, share it with a friend. Uh, that'll do. I think I'll, I think, I think, I think I'll stop about that. I think that actually rhymed. <laughs>